Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast, everybody. I'm so glad you joined us today. Um, make sure that you take a look at our social media sites. Jump on our Facebook page at the Riot Podcast or YouTube. Don't forget YouTube, and it's just Riot Podcast at YouTube. But we would love for you to subscribe. Make sure you get uh, alerts when we get our new podcast out every Thursday. And uh, more than anything, we would love to hear where you're from, where you're listening to us from, or where. You know, you could say, wow, I'm driving in my car. That's fine. We don't care. But we would love to hear from you. And uh, man, it would just be a blessing to us. So don't forget about all of that stuff. So the title of our show today is The Prodigal Son, The Best Parable in the Bible. So you can agree or disagree with that, but uh, we're going to go with it. Jesus tells an amazing story, and we're going to jump into that in just a little bit. But before we do that, I want to introduce my co-host. What's up? Pete Robertson. Yeah, that's me, baby. That's me. I'm here. I'm What's up, up, Mac Daddy? I'm so happy to be here. I'm just so happy to be uh, talking with you guys today. I love doing these recordings and getting these shows done and, and getting them out for the people. I hope uh, I hope they enjoy listening as much as we enjoy doing them. Yeah. Oh, we do. And they can find us at riotpodcast.co as well. So yeah. I know there's a lot of people that ask, well, how do I find it easier? Where's everything at? Well, just go to the website. That was Pete's subtle way of saying, yeah. Bob, you forgot to mention the website, but yep. I love it. <laughs> It's all good. So what's going on? What's new? Um, well, we have a guest. We got a guest today. Oh, yeah. Should I introduce uh, her now? Yeah, introduce her and then uh, we can. We, yeah, I got some other stuff to share with you. So, I got some exciting stuff going on. So Barry is again on, on leave this week. He's doing some exciting ministry stuff. And next week he's going to be on. So That's we right. can't wait to hear all that God's doing. Yes. In his life. And so we'll talk about that next week. But this week we have a special guest. I'm very honored that. Uh, and that, in fact, she, it's a female you know, and so it's it's we've been trying to get female guests on for some time. Yeah, and we don't had, don't admit to our listeners that this is show 39 and this is the first time we've had a female guest. This, on. But she's don't, on. Don't say that. She's don't on. Say that. But this is Gabriella and, and she's our Brazilian friend. Gabby, and, and, and welcome to the show. That's me. Gabriella is someone that has been speaking into my life for some time. I mean, she has a, a lot of ministry that she does and her and her husband, Gustavo, they have a uh, like this Brazilian Zoom call ministry that they <laughs> do where they have people from brazil that actually call in and then they're going through the bible and they teach them and 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 just being hanging out with her and just getting to know her i've i've come to know that she has a heart for god she's passionate about jesus um he's given he's given her divine wisdom and knowledge and understanding and insight and i can't wait for our listeners to be able to hear all that god is just sharing with her and teaching her and i know that she's come well prepared for this show and uh, and she's just going to bring so much to the table. So welcome, Gabriela. We're so happy you're here. What an introduction. Yeah. No pressure. Hello, guys. <laughs> hey, Gabby. <laughs> That's me. Go, Gabby. Go, Gabby. That's it. Woo! That's it. We're just happy you're here. You know, and I'll tell you, her flair, she loves the dance. We turn on music and, and my wife and I and her and her would just start dancing. And Gustavo loves the, her husband to walk in and. She just she just loves to have fun. And so we're so blessed uh, to talk it's a about Brazilian feeling. It she is. always has a smile on her face. <laughs> Every time I meet her, she's got a smile and a glow about her. She's just an amazing, an amazing young oh. woman. And uh, Gustavo's a lucky man. He is. Yeah. He so is. blessed. Yeah. I'll kick I'll kick this coverage, but didn't we all? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I'll kick the coverage is a good one. Oh so man. what's up? So what's up? I so, oh yeah, proud daddy. About, can I give yeah, proud yeah, daddy yeah, moment? Yeah, talk about Sammy. I gotta yeah. brag on Sammy. Yeah. Samantha, my ten-year-old daughter. We uh, we, I, I took him up to Virginia for um, a couple weeks, and they were up there. And uh, your wife and your my, my yeah. wife and the daughter. Yeah. So and I came back early so I can you know not miss the podcast. Cannot miss the ride podcast. No. So came back and uh, had so I kind of missed them for a week. But here's the cool thing. So. We get this call from the, this racetrack. So there's a tie-in. I think uh, Crystal's brother, my wife's brother, um, works up at the track. But anyway, they got a call saying, hey, we need, you know, you know anybody that could sing the national anthem? And he just boldly says, well, my, my niece could do it. And they're like, well, how old's your niece? <laughs> and he's like, well, she's nine, but she'll be 10 soon. <laughs> and they're like, uh, send us a video. So we sent him a video of Sammy and uh, singing the national anthem and literally one take, right? 
one take we sent it to them and they're like yes we want her wow, wow. so saturday night she's at the racetrack and uh they, they they were doing all the introductions she's standing in the in the winter circle the they had a, a pastor do a benediction and they just handed sammy the mic no music just acapella and boom my little girl nailed it yeah out of the park i yeah. am so excited um okay i shouldn't probably admit this but i'm watching her on facebook live my wife is doing facebook live so i could see it going on and i am jesus for that i right thank yeah. you for technology that's it um i'm just bawling guys <laughs> well, <laughs> i am just absolutely bawling i am so proud of my little girl um uh, it's so funny she gets off uh, she gets done and uh, i give her a call a little bit after that i'm like First thing she says, first thing out of her mouth, she's like, Daddy, my knees were shaking so bad. <laughs> but oh, what a blessing my little girl is. I don't know. Um, I was when I was watching it, um, I actually texted you before. I said, please remind me. I don't right? miss this. I was in the middle of doing something at that time. And I remembered in the back of my head, wait, she's going to be on soon. So I texted Bob to make sure that he texted me to remind me because I know that I would have to stop what I was doing and to get on it. So. He texted me and I was able to get on. And as I was just started listening to, her, I was just praying for her at the beginning, Lord, just bless her and get her through this because I'm sure she's nervous. But as she started singing, I'm telling you, this joy came inside of me and I had a grin from ear to ear and I was just overly blessed, just overly touched. And um, it was just awesome. It was just so, it was surreal. And um and I was just, I was just blessed. I was just so blessed. He blessed us. And so That's I just, awesome. afterwards I texted Bob and he's like, I'm bowling. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and I'm cracking up laughing. She did amazing. I saw it. Thank you, Gabby. She did amazing. It, it was just, you know, last week was a tough week. A lot of, you know, it felt like in a lot of ways, he, Pete, Gabby, I don't know if you've seen the movie uh, Groundhog Day, where it's just like, you know, it's the same day happening all over again. Man, I started getting that feeling last week, watching yeah. the news and some of the, uh, you know, just the stuff going on with COVID and, you know, restriction and just all this stuff. It feels like we've done this before. Right. And so it was just a great way to kind of end the week and refocus. And uh, man, thank you for saying those words. I, I've heard from so many people that they were just, they were just blessed by, uh, by Samantha. And I, you know, so I asked her, I picked her up at the airport on Sunday and I'm like, so yeah, you want to do it again? She's like, yeah, dad, I was, it was so cool. I can't wait to do it again. So just awesome. Well, speaking of groundhog days, I mean, there, <clears throat> there's a lot of, I've been seeing the the chatter again on social media about, you know, people complaining that they have to wear their mask and, um, complaining that, you know, oh my gosh, what's the point of getting a shot if you're going to have this and, and just all these different things. And, you know, it, what I was doing is as people are complaining or whatever, I'm praying for them, but I'm, I'm here's, here's where I'm at with all that. And I'm just going to bring it up because it's relevant right now across the world. Everything is like yeah. maybe shutting down yeah, again, maybe right. all this stuff. But where I'm at with all of this is if somebody asks you to wear their mask inside and they make it like, Hey, you want to come into this or you need to work or whatever, wear the mask. I mean, it's don't, you don't have to bring attention to yourself. You don't have to um, make this a big deal. Just surrender this to the Lord. Just trust, bring, be a peacemaker and, and just love people. Just put yourself in a position to constantly be engaged in loving and elevating others above yourself and, and to complain. What is that going to do? And to argue and to bicker and to moan and to put people down, to call the president an idiot, to, to, you know, say that they have no idea what they're doing and all this stuff that does nothing good. But if you're praying for them and you're speaking life into them and you're looking for ways to pray and to elevate that they have wisdom and knowledge and that yeah. God would intervene, then do that. But just don't find yourself, you know, getting into this conspiracy theory stuff. Don't find yourself getting into, you know, like, you know, being bitter about it and and sure, the government's messed up. They all are messed up. Sure. Yeah. No one's perfect. Look at our own lives. Right. Just love and just be okay and just go with the flow. You guys' thoughts on that? So I shouldn't be fighting back, proving that I'm right? You just took all the fun out of this for me, Pete. Man. It's something. It's something. I don't know. Gabriella, what's your thoughts? I don't know. I just, I think that we were called to be peacemakers. So we have <clears throat> to respect and do whatever we can to be yeah. peaceful. That's wise. Yeah. Darn it. it. It is. It is. But I mean, it, it, but I mean, it's it's 
are we up? Do we get upset? Do we, you know, is it frustrating? Is it, it inconvenient? Is it is. All of that is true. And, and, but again, it's this life is never about us. Yeah. And why are we constantly making everything about us? This life is always about God. Yeah. And, and, and so do whatever it is to bring peace and just go and bless and sacrifice. I know people say, that's easier said than done. You're right. <laughs> You're right. It is a mindset. It is a mindset, but daily we got to pick up our cross daily. We got to follow yeah. Jesus in that. It's such a good reminder because yeah. so, my flesh so right. often just wants to point out where, you know, I, I see errors <laughs> and that's, you're right. It's just not going to help anything. It's not going to, it's not going to drive people closer to Christ. That's for sure. No. And that's, that's why we're here. We're not here to prove that we're right about a vaccine or a mask or any of that stuff. We're here to point people to Jesus. So I always know where my friends are in the faith when I read their Facebook post. <laughs> And there's complaining and there's bitterness and there's bashing and there's it, it does always, come out pretty clearly doesn't yeah, it? i can always see where they're at so i get if you guys are doing that and you're a friend of mine pray I'm, for me i am praying for you <laughs> all right uh, what are we doing let's jump into the show i mean this is this is awesome and you know pete thanks for uh, even you know being willing to do this topic so you know we talked about barry being off the show and for a couple of weeks and doing doing some other things he's actually asked me to preach this sunday at, at compass and guess guess what text i'm preaching on this sunday uh luke 15 yes luke how about that man that's that's God incredible so i i'm gonna do a little maybe a little different take on it um, which is cool. I think uh, maybe give people a different perspective. Uh, so pray for me. I pray that uh, uh, the Holy Spirit can just really speak. And man, I just, I have a hard time sometimes putting into words what God's put on my heart. You ever have that problem? All the time. And yeah. so yeah. that's true. So that's how you can pray for me this week yeah. that, uh, that the words will come out um, <laughs> as the picture that God's put on my heart will be able to come out in words on Sunday morning. So, and if you're in Orlando and or close by or don't mind driving, man, I would love for you to be there. The yeah. more, the more, the merrier. I, I, it, you know, I get energy from, from people. <laughs> uh, I can just kind of just feel that vibe and, and, and that would be really, really cool. So if, if you're in the area, man, I'd be honored. If Look you up would, Compass you would Community up. Church and stop on by 1030. Sunday. Awesome. So yeah. we're going to jump into the pair the, 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 what parable oh Product yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was looking at the parody we're not gonna do any parody <laughs> lord we need prayer pete can you pray no, for you us, pray for <laughs> us. <laughs> you all pray. father we um man all kidding aside lord you you are amazing and um this story that we're about to jump into that uh in the book of luke um a story that jesus is telling to this this audience of people lord and just help us to just have just open ears and open mind because so many times, you know, we've heard this story maybe hundreds of times and we already know what it says. We already know how it applies to our lives. Uh, Father, I ask that uh, we would just remove those barriers today, that uh, we would, we would listen anew, that we would just seek something new that you want to share with us in the, in this story today, Father. We thank you for uh, the folks behind the scene, for Anna and Christian and for Christine who are putting together this show for us, Father. I thank you uh, for, for, for Gabby and for Pete. I ask that uh, you just use them mightily today. And Father, just be with our listeners as they, as they listen. Just, I just pray that you speak to them through that. So Father, we love you and we look forward to what you're about to do with this podcast in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. So guys, amen. Gabby, that doesn't offend you if I say guys, does it? <laughs> okay. Fine. I got to, you know, I didn't, haven't had to worry hey, about ladies. that before. Yeah. So um, we're going to be jumping into Luke 15 today. And um, it's just an amazing story. You know, Jesus was a skillful, skillful, you know, that, that word doesn't even do it justice. Oh, Jesus was an amazing, yeah. masterful storyteller. Yeah. And this is arguably one of the best stories that, that, that he shares. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to just read this statement. It's so good. Jesus has a, was a skillful, skillful storyteller. And perhaps his most masterful parable was the one of the prodigal son. When he told this story, his audience was composed of tax collectors and sinners who were drawn to Jesus, as well as self-righteous scribes, which are just teachers, and Pharisees who criticized him for associating with sinners. Man, can you get a picture of that, guys? <laughs> Both of these groups needed a lesson on the grace 
and mercy of God. And that's exactly what the setting of this parable of uh, the prodigal son is uh, it, delivered. Yeah. So just imagine this. So it's it probably there's a multitude around. There's probably a, more women than men. And um, Jesus already knows that the Pharisees are out to get him. And, um, and he's looking at his audience. He's assessing what his audience is going through. And the spirit of God then moved on him. And he tells a parable that just really hits everybody right where they're at. And, um, and, it, and then at the end of it, he then turns his attention really to the, to the Pharisees. And he just really pinpoints when he's talking about the son. But this, this Luke 15, so if anybody that's um, listening right now, and, and if you are at home or somewhere else, and you could t- pull in your Bible to Luke 15, go ahead and do that and get to chapter 11. We're going to read here uh, a second, this parable, but um, uh, verses 11 through 32. But what in Luke 15, we see three parables in one, and then or one parable in three. The first parable is the good shepherd, which alludes to Jesus. And, 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 and we'll talk about that a little bit. And the second parable is the woman looking for the coin that will represent the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that here in a second. And the last one is what we're going to unpack is the parable of the father. And so, um, and so we're going to just like dive into that today. But before we get into that, you guys, let's just talk about the first two parables real quick. Um, the parable of the shepherd, any thoughts on that? Anybody? Yeah, the parable of, of the lost sheep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it talks about a hundred sheep mm-hmm. and just one was lost and the shepherd came back for that one lost sheep. Yeah. And that um, is just amazing how Jesus, it's a good shepherd because he cares about all of us equally. Yeah. So he will never leave that one sheep Amen. behind. Yeah. So that one sheep, it's each one of us. Yeah. You know, it, it strikes me that, you know, it, in, in, I think it's verse, uh, verse four, verse five, where it says he finds them, but he carries. Yeah. yeah he doesn't just find the sheep, right? He picks he them cares. up, puts them on yes. his shoulder and carries them. And then he, they say another word in there. And Luke, Luke says, he does it rejoicing. He's celebrating. And I, I the, to me, that's a cool thing. And we'll talk about this later, I'm sure as well, but all three of these parables, um, all end in rejoicing yeah. in a celebration. Yeah. Our God likes to party people. Yeah. Yeah, you know yes. that, Gabby? Our guy yeah. likes to party. Yeah. Yeah, it fits Gabby's personality perfectly. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's but, celebrate. But Jesus, again, it's so we this is talking to believers. Okay. So yeah. these are followers of Christ. These are uh people that have given their life to the Lord. Um, they've accepted Jesus into their life. And and so these are the ones that have just fallen away. So maybe they were going to church every week, maybe they were. Um, they still believe the flock. You're talking yeah, about. yeah, this yeah. is the flock. Mm. So they believe they, but they, they believe in Jesus. They still talk about Jesus. They still pray, but they're just, they fallen away. They're not in accountability anymore. Mm. They don't have that um, a sense of ownership within the body of Christ. They're just stragglers. They're off on their own now. Mm-hmm. And so this is talking about Jesus wants you to be a part of the body. He wants you to be a part of the sheepfold. He wants you to come back in because there you can hear the shepherd's voice together. And so, so this is Jesus going after those people that are lost and they were, he's bringing them back and he's getting them back into the sheepfold to be able to hear and to understand Jesus in a greater way. And so, and then the next parable is, is talking about the woman at the coin uh, of the coin. And, and one of the things that from my study, what I've understood is when it said 10 silver coins, this is what made me research this is when a woman gets um, married or when she's uh, engaged or something, she wears these coins, these silver coins around her head. It's a band as a, as a testimony that, Hey, she's engaged or, you know, she's taken. And it's also a love, you know, thing from her husband and, you know, that's, you know, is taken care of. So when you lose a coin, it's kind of a big deal because it offsets the set, right? It probably looks different. Right. And so here she is, is, is searching and researching and looking for this, this, this coin. Well, the coin is lost. Okay. There's nowhere to be found. The coin's lost. And so this is representing the Holy Spirit. And here's why I we believe that. And and so when the Holy Spirit is always active, okay, and, and, and when you're a believer and you're a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit is working inside of you. You're you're he's dwelling inside of you. You're you're living with the you're possessed basically by the Holy Spirit. But as a non-believer, the Holy Spirit is active, but not inside of you. He's constantly out looking. And so the silver coin is representing those people that are in the world today that are called to be the sons of God, but are don't know it yet. 
And so the Holy Spirit is searching for those people. He's actively engaging and looking for those people that are lost to bring them into the fold. And so once they found, they, she found it, she celebrated. And it says in the Bible that once one person gives their life to the Lord, all of heaven rejoices. They all celebrate. As Paul, as Bob said, they party. And so it's, it, God is always about the party. So this is the Holy Spirit searching for those people, searching and finding those people, brings them in, they give their life to the Lord, and then they celebrate and, she, and they tell everybody. And when you give your life to the Lord as a new believer, what do you want to do? You want to go tell everybody, oh my gosh, I gave my life to the Lord. I can't believe it, whatever. That's a testimony to the Holy Spirit's work in that. And so any questions or any thoughts on that, guys? No, that's good. I think that sets the table for the third parable. That is. Yep. And so now the third parable is that of Luke 15. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open that right now. Turn into uh, Luke 15. We're going to start in verse 11. I'm just going to go ahead and read through this. And then afterwards, we'll just unpack this step by step. So I'm going to okay. go ahead and start reading. I'm putting on my glasses for you, YouTube listeners, or for the listeners <laughs> and YouTube. You can see it. I look funny. All right. So the parable of the prodigal son, Luke 15, verse 11. And he said, there was a man, this is Jesus speaking. There was a man and two sons and the younger of them said to the father, father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided the property between them. Now, many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had, and he took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he, and he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be, to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will raise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. And he ran and he embraced him and he kissed him. And he said to his son, father, or son, the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and, and put it on him and, and the ring on his hand and the shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and let's celebrate. For this, my son was dead and now is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field and, and he came and he drew near to the house and he heard music and dancing and he called one of his servants and he asked what of these things meant. And he said, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go into his father, came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when, his son, but when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him? And he said to him, son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this. Your brother was dead and is alive now. He was lost and he's now been found. And so that's this Luke 15. So I guess the first unpacking would be the first statement as we just read into it. Um, yep, I didn't read that part, but that's okay. So let's just go right into yeah, the yeah, this first thing. <laughs> kind of the first thing we noticed was the young man had everything he needed at home, yet he yearned for more. Yeah, so the first part, again, was that he was not content. So it's, it's, it's really sh talking about um, when we find ourselves in a position of wanting more, that is when we are now vulnerable to Satan's attack. And so something from my perspective would be if I'm uh, a lot of times, you know, depending on your craft or your skill set, you're always looking to be something else than what you really are. And so like, I want a lot of money. That's where it gets to a lot of people. I want to have money. I want to be entertained. I want to go on vacation. I want all that. So because you're not content with the financial means you have now, or you're not content with that, that now sets up a desire that will take you away from what God is actually doing in your life currently. 
And so uh, thoughts on that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that uh, the sinful state, it's a state of wanting, wanting more all the time. The more we have, the more we want. And I think that this sinful state, um, it's crazy because it kills gratitude. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we start just um, not paying attention in what we already have and what we got have done for us. We just want more and more and more and more. Yeah. And it kills gratitude. Yeah, I mean, you have to, we always have to, I have to wake up every day and I have to, that's why it says daily, we need to pick up our cross or daily need to reevaluate everything. Exactly. Because one day I might be content and the next day I might not. And so this is a daily practice that we have to keep asking ourselves and, and in contentment then brings us peace without contentment. We lack peace. We're always trying to figure out the next best score, the next best thing. And Bobby, you're going to say something. Yeah. I just think this is a, this is a dangerous area. This is a tool of the devil that he is very, very good at, um, you know, convincing us that the grass is greener, you know, um, that comparison, we start looking at other oh. people and we're like, or so, and we live in this world of social media, right? Yeah. Where that's so it's, true. Oh, how come they got 10 likes or how come they're driving that car or how could, and it's as soon as, you know, and really it's funny because we're looking at other people, but we're really looking at ourselves we're only focused on ourselves. So all this other stuff starts to be enticing, right? It's that shiny stuff. And I think Satan will use comparison. He'll use jealousy and man, just get us distracted. Stop focusing on other people. What's our job? Love people, right? Love God, love people. If we start looking at ourselves, this is where we fall into this trap. And I think it's a brilliant tool of the devil to, to do this. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, not that I speak from want for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all through him who strengthens me. And, and Paul, again, is referencing here that it's he has learned to wait and be patient on the Lord. And be uh, grateful. And be grateful. Yeah. And, and, and when you lack contentment, you're not patient. You, you, you say, God, why am I waiting here? Why are you allowing me to be in this season it's of a, life? Yeah. Why are you allowing me to have, you know, why don't I have a lot of money like my friends? Or why don't I have a lot of things like this? Or why is my ministry not big enough? Why is my ministry so small? And Lord, I have to figure out how to make it bigger. I have to figure out how to do that. And, and we're not still in waiting on God. And when we're still in waiting on God, we, we, we don't look at material things the same. We, we, we look at a grain of, of bread and, and a big loaf of bread exactly the same. We're just grateful for it. The grain is just as much important as the loaf of bread. Or you might have friends that bring over uh, 50 loaves of bread and that you get to share in, which we've had happen to us just recently. But it's, it's something where we just, you learn to be content no matter what. I have a dollar in my bank account is the same if I have $100,000 in my bank account. Okay. I'm just resting and waiting upon God to move in my life. And what happened here in this parable is the son got restless. And so the lack of contentment is evident. Any yeah. Thoughts? 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8 says, Godliness, godliness with contentment, it's a great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Right. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Yeah. And, and again, if you're listening to this and because I'm sure this speaks to a lot of us. Yeah. If you're listening to this, I pray that you're able to meditate on this and just surrender that this to the Lord, because this is this is the area of vulnerability that Satan attacks. Mm -hmm. And if you are lacking contentment. He's going to attack you. And so that leads us now yeah, into our second step. Exactly. Statement. It leads us into step two, which if you're not content, you're going to start desiring more. And that's where we find this, this younger son. He starts desiring more and just, I mean, what he asked for is just crazy. I mean, I can, it's crazy in our day. Imagine it back in, in that, <laughs> in the time frame in the first century, how the people listening to the story must have just been like, <gasps> you know, you can't say even say something like that. But, you know, he wanted to enjoy things that he never experienced, thinking satisfaction would come um, when he got to indulge in those cravings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, and so I always ask people this. I say, you know, think about this for a second. What do you think about most every single day? What comes into your head every single day? 
And a lot of people are going to say money or trying to get ahead or trying to figure out a business plan or trying to figure out the next ministry or trying to figure out something else. That is what you are desiring. That is where your heart is. And if you lack contentment, that's where you can tell if you are content or not. And, and a lot of people say, I can't stop thinking about money. I got to pay my bills and I got to do this. Or, or right now, my, you know, well, my uncle really is fighting for his life with uh, COVID-19 and the thing. Pray for him if you guys are listening to this. But um, maybe you're just thinking about that. That's all that can control your mind is, is there's just that's what you're designing. Lord, you got to heal him. And that's all you're thinking about. Um, what God is asking us in this, not that that's bad. Okay. I'm not saying that that's bad, but what God is saying is that he wants us to, to be thinking about him. He wants our whole mindset to, to be worshiping him, to be in an attitude of praise, to be looking at doing things his way for him. And if we're not content, these desires will start building up inside of us. And, and in this case with the parable, his, his desire was, oh my gosh, I can go spend money here. I can go do this. I would love to have a bunch of women. I would love to, you know, because it says prostitutes. I would love to have all of these things that I can't get with my father. He's so boring. You know, he won't allow me to do these things, but I can go get it. And that's what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. The son was looking for satisfaction, right? And satisfaction seems to be a rare condition, a rare condition. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. In our world today, because many people are not satisfied with their jobs, with their family, with their marriages. And, and um, it's just crazy because learn to be content. Um, I think it's a path to be set to be to the satisfaction. Yeah. You know, because the devil business is to make provisions for the flesh. Yes. Right. Yeah. And the Bible teaches that, um, Satisfaction comes from a real relationship with God. Yeah. So it's just we need to focus on the right thing. So what do we do? So how do we focus on the right thing? And and so if you are a person that's desiring things that are maybe not of God but of the flesh, Second Corinthians ten fifteen says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so if that's you, that's good. you're not content and you're, and you're wrestling with this and you're desiring things, the Bible says that we need to be in constant, uh, have a constant attitude of capturing those thoughts and surrendering to the Lord and meditating on what is true and what is God asking of you in this moment. And if that's to be still, that's to be still. If that's to worship him, worship him. If that's to read more and spend time in the word, to know mm -hmm. him more, do that. If that's to go speak life to somebody, go do that. If that's to call somebody, ask for forgiveness, do that. If that's to be a, a difference maker in the workplace and, and to love others, do that. We have to take those thoughts captive and make the desires that of Jesus. Yeah, I'm just thinking... He's just being lied to by the devil. And this is like his oldest play in the book, right? It goes all the way back to the, to the Garden of Eden when he's telling them, you know, you're missing out on something. God's keeping something from you. Yep. And so this younger son believes that lie. And that's why exactly. he makes this crazy request. And what's even crazier to me, Pete, is the father says yes. Mm. You know, God's going to let us turn our back on him. You know, he's not, he doesn't. He doesn't demand our love or force our love on him. You know, he will let us turn and go, you know, go yeah. our, or try our own way, knowing that it's not the best. But because of because he is love and uh, because, of the, man, he's such a good God. He will he will let us he will let us make that decision. And, and the young son in this in this parable does exactly that. And then he so then he heads out. So the father gives him everything he asked for. And mm -hmm. then he's like, all right, cool. I'm on my own. Here we go. Yeah. So from the first part, once we lack contentment, then that contentment will lead to desire. desire. Yeah. And once we lead to desire, now we start believing that desire to be true. That we are missing something. Yes. That yeah. we start justifying in our minds that, yes, this is the right way. I This is what God wants for me, or this is what I feel is best for my life. Or I don't believe that God is the, the answer here. I don't believe I have to be still here. We start justifying. So we're content. We start desiring. And then we start believing leaving the lie that Satan. And from there, from the lie, we start now planning. And that's where it takes us into the action upon. So if we're lying, if we're believing Sutton's lies and that desire, we're now planning it out. So if you want to get better, you're going to start planning out, how do I get better in this? Or if I want to change my life, or if I want to go 
have sex with prostitutes. I'm thinking about how am I going to do that? Or if I want to um, gain a different ministry or whatever, I start now doing that. That's where that desire. And we justify it and say, no, this is what God wants. But we never once spent time in quiet before him. Mm-hmm. We never once were still to listen to him. We lack contentment. And, and guys, you, you kind of hear that process there. He didn't just go from, you know, from being content to the actual sin, right? Yeah. It, it started in his mind. Mm-hmm. And he had, I mean, and that's what, you know, take you out of the story in real life events. You know, people week last week's show was on sexual desires and, you know, and, and sins of, of those nature. But people don't just... I don't believe people don't just wake up one day and decide to go cheat on their wives. You know, it's something that they've already been thinking about. It's something that's been manifesting itself in their mind. And like Pete said, you haven't been, you haven't been thinking about this. You haven't been, you know, quiet time with God and, and process because then you don't, you don't make these bad decisions. And I think that's the process. I mean, you know, the parable isn't obviously that long and doesn't go through each one of these details. So we're kind of trying to show you, um, our perception of the thought process of this younger son and what he's going through to get to this man where he's about to hit rock bottom, Gabby. I mean, this is, <laughs> he's about to go down an ugly road. Um, where do you want to talk about that? Well, Pete? I mean, cause, yeah, hey, no. cause you talked, we talked about it in our pre-show. Well, Hey, you know, it was a little bit sweet at first, right? Yeah. When he had all that money and he thought, you know, I'm all this and the girls are surrounding him, and he's, he's probably hosting parties. I mean, we don't get all yeah. the details, but we can kind of put two and two together and kind of figure out what's going on there. If, and again, I talked about disguising. So second Corinthians eleven fourteen says, and no wonder even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. When you start justifying anything to make it fit your agenda, because that's what you, that's your desire and you never work. That's when you're in sin. And we have to understand when you start justifying, you're now leaving yourself up and you're vulnerable to, to, to be trapped everywhere. God, Satan's going to put traps all over the place and he's going to disguise it to look like this is what God's saying. What, I mean, I'm telling you right now, when we're content and we're still in God's presence and we're having these desires and we have all these flesh, we need to capture them. We have to uh, filter them through the word of God. We have to filter them through our worship and spending time with God to really hear him, to not allow these justifications and to only move forward slowly as God is opening and revealing the doors. We want to be in God's perfect will and it takes us to be content and to do that. But if we're not, so we have our our lack of contentment, we have our desire, and then now we're like planning it and we're figuring it out and all that. And that's where you at. You can still stop. You can still turn back. Yeah. But if you don't, now the next part is now the 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 son he he took action. The son he left. The son says, "All right, I'm going to now fulfill my fantasy." I'm going to now fulfill and 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 start the process of the slide. I'm going to walk away from the father. I have chosen, I have believed all of these lies in my heart that I deserve more, that I, that I need to, to leave my wife because she's not it. There, there, there's water, there's green on the other side. I need to leave this. I need to leave my workplace because they're a bunch of idiots and I, I can't make a difference here anymore, <laughs> yeah. right? I need to leave. I need to go get more money somewhere else. I need, not saying that God won't lead any, not the divorce part, but the other parts. It's not that God won't lead anybody to that. It's just, it's our desire versus what God is actually doing. We're lacking contentment. That's the key here. Yeah. Yeah. And so this just this young man lacked contentment. He wanted it now. I want everything now. I want the best life today. I'm living my best life today, right? But they're doing it in them flesh and they're not doing it in that. And so that's what happens. So actions. Any any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, one? yeah. I think that like he was looking for everything that he thought he was missing outside the father's house. And it's a dangerous place because it's exactly where the devil can play with our mind, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it it's like Bob said, um, it begins with our mind. The devil start putting thoughts and desires and we start imagining all those things, like how my life could be without all those restrictions, all those rules. So I will be happy outside. And when we are outside the father's house, we, we, we lack the sense of belonging, you know, 
we want inside the, the father's house is where we find love and acceptance and contentment and gratitude and yeah and he and he says he leaves for a far country so yeah he does exactly that he gets as far away like he, exactly i'm getting away from dad here or i'm getting away from god here let's draw the maybe the story back to our own lives I don't know about you guys, but I can, you know, reading this, reading this parable, and I'm probably jumping around a little bit on you, Pete, but, you know, I can picture myself in this story. And I always ask people, you know, who are you in this story, right? <laughs> and I think, you know, I can be any of the characters in the story at times yeah, and have too. Been at, at times. And I, you know, it's just crazy. But so, so what are the consequences for him doing this? Well, you want to, want to jump into that? Yeah, a we bit? can get into that. But I mean, uh, get this book, everybody that's listening, get the, the, the return of the prodigal son by Henry Nguyen. Um, it's, it's a fascinating book. It, it covers the, 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 the painting of Rembrandt. Um, the prodigal son painting of Rembrandt and Bob showing it. If you're watching on YouTube, you could see it. Um, just a fascinating um, of book. But he said in that book, he says, these other voices make me constantly um, falling back into the old trap. Before I'm even fully aware of it, I find myself wondering why someone hurt me, rejected me, or didn't pay attention to me. Without realizing it, I find myself brooding about someone else's success, my own loneliness and way the, the world abuses me. Despite my conscious intentions, I often catch myself daydreaming about becoming rich, powerful, and very famous. All of these mental games reveal to me the, the fragility of my faith that I am beloved one of whom God's favors rest. I'm so afraid of being disliked, blamed, put aside, passed over, ignored, persecuted, and killed that I'm constantly developing strategies to defend myself and thereby, thereby assure myself to love... Um, sorry, uh, of the love I think needed is needed and deserve. And in so doing, I move far away from my father's home and choose to dwell in a distant country. Many of my daily preoccupations suggest that I belong more to the world than to God. A little criticism makes me angry and a little rejection makes me depressed. A little praise raises my spirits and a little success excites me. It takes very little to raise me up or to thrust me down. Often I am like a small boat on the ocean, completely at the mercy of its waves. Wow. What a picture. And so it's, it's, that's the heart of what's happening within people that do not or cannot find contentment in the Lord. That have not found rest. The, the whole world is coming against you. Yeah. All of that, all of the world's ways are just pressing in on your minds constantly. And you're just searching and seeking for what meaning and purpose that you have in life. Yeah. Here it is. It's real simple. Love Jesus. Worship him. Praise him. See the world from his perspective. Love people the way that he loves them. Elevate people the way that Jesus elevates. Forgive people the way that Jesus forgives. Show grace and mercy the way that Jesus shows grace and mercy. You do that, you'll do well. You finished that story about being tossed on the waves of the sea. And I just wonder, man, I, I think back to times when I was in in that situation, you know, where I was kind of running from God. I was, I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. I, I, I was, I got saved at the age of 13. Um, so I, I don't have a lot of these, these stories of, you know, crazy, crazy stories, right? yeah. these crazy, you know, I, you know, Rebellious. I, I wasn't a heroin addict or anything, you know, like crazy stuff like that. But, and it's all to the glory of God. I mean, because, but Jesus, I, I know that, you know, my life would be a different story without him. But even so we talk about these just Oh, man, just wanting to the contentment that you guys are talking about. Yeah, it was like, you know, I, I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. I wanted to I wanted to have that big house. I wanted to have that fast car. I wanted you know, I wanted all that stuff. And I thought, you know, I believe the lie that, OK, you know, I, I got God. I got my ticket to heaven, but I still want to try to taste some of this stuff. Right. And uh, I, and I lived a lot of my twenties like that and, and just, but you know what, when you're in it, you don't see it. Exactly. Unless I mean, because I, sin, points sin of, yeah. makes you blind, right? Mm. Makes you yeah. Blind. That's really good. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I look back now in my twenties and like, man, you, you fool, you know, you, <laughs> you, you, you had access to the father's house, but you wanted to go out and try to do your own thing. And so, that's, that's me in the story. So the, so the progression here is the lack of contentment, the desire that you had, the, the action, the actually going through and planning it out, the action, 
And then from that, you, you get a high. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the affair, it's a high, you know, finding extra money or, or finding success somewhere else because you worked hard to get there. The promotion, yeah. the, whatever it is, yeah. that the high, the momentary high that happens. Um, but after the high comes reality. Grass is not Ooh. greener on the other side, is it? <laughs> Grass is greener where you water it the most, isn't it? And so it's, it's, you're coming off of that high. Right. And so now it's the, the, the come down. And that's what happened with this, with the son. He's like, Oh my gosh, this isn't <laughs> what it all made out to be. Wow. So he's now starving a little bit, a little bit. He's going they through call that it a famine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He called it a famine. So now he's, now he's starting to loan himself out. He's going to be a pig, pig herder. And he's trying to even eat the pig food. Right. I mean, that's it's just true. Like, yeah. There's a whole sermon right there in that paragraph yep. in there. I mean, well, we can get into that. I mean, if you guys, if we realize or look at our own lives, I mean, look at the times when we were at the end of our ropes, when we were trying to figure out, like you were saying, the, the corporate ladder, when you were, when we were trying to figure out what our next steps were, um, you know, you get to that point where you just break. You're like, dude, this is, this sucks. Life sucks. Life's hard. Life mm -hmm. is, doesn't, nothing, no one gives you anything. I mean, it's, it's work. And, and, and so you have to like figure that out. But if you, but the answer in all of this is there's hope, there's hope. It's not there's hopeless. Hope. It, I mean, if you keep going the way that you're going, it's hopeless, yeah. but there's hope. And, and so what happened was the prodigal son finally realized change needs to happen. He said to himself, there has to be a better way. And so we have two choices. We can look for that better way in, in self-help. Right. What's happening today in, in our in our in our world, you know, go to self-help cooks and, you know, here, these are the five steps to help you eat better. These are the <laughs> steps true. to, you know, make yourself improve. Right. So help us. Yeah, we could do that. Or we can just say, you know what, let's go to the author and finisher of our life. Amen. I surrender. That's it. I surrender all. I, let's yeah. let's go to the person that knows everything. Why go to a guru that 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 has a life go experience, a guru? Guru. Someone that knows oh, what they're guru. talking about. Okay. Okay. <laughs> someone, gotcha. someone that supposedly, let's why go to a supposedly expert that they, they, they're only getting from an experience. Why not go to the person that gives the experience? Why not go to the author? Why not go to the source himself? And that is the father. What? We'll try he's still, he, he's still God, laughing right? about, <laughs> about my girl point. <laughs> no, I, it's, no, that's funny. And when he, when he says guru, I mean, it, I, I could, you know, as a second language, that kind of sounds kind of funny. So, yeah, I could, I could yeah. That. If you're but in India, did, listen did, to this, you know what I'm guru, talking about. Right? Yeah. Because <laughs> you go to Where that. were we though? Oh, the self-help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, we, we will try anything. But God, we just want it. It's a pride thing. You know, it's like, I, and men are terrible at this. We hate asking for help. Right. So, uh, ooh, women, we, I we hear don't you want there. to ask for help because it looks like we are weak, right? We don't want to look weak. We want to be strong. Yeah, that's a, that's a want, lie from Satan, too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So when repent, it's a it's a hard thing to do. Yes. Yeah, and so the when finally the the thank you Jesus, we have this story. Finally, the son says, "All right." I know that I can, I'm trying to figure this out. And I got to a point in my life where like, I know the father is so much better. And, mm -hmm. and again, this is talking to the follower of Christ. This is talking to the believer. You've already been in the father's house. You've already experienced the father's love. You've already, you already know in your heart that he is the light. He is the one yep. for, for whatever reason, your stupidity. And you believe the lie to, to go away and so you did that. And, and now you finally have come back to full circle as the prodigal son. And now you're saying, all right, I know I got to go back. I got to humble myself. But man, this stinks. I don't want to do this. And like you said, it's hard to admit. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do that. And so now we go back and now we're at the father. Any other thoughts on this, the son part? Yeah. So, but, but even in that, Pete, the son doesn't still understand grace. Because he says, yeah. I'll, I'll go back and be like one of the servants. He's like, I'll, I'll, exactly. I'll earn my way back. I'll exactly. go back and work and try to earn my way back. So his expectations were low. He still doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't completely understand <laughs> the father's love. He, he just wanted a place where we can rest, where, where he can rest and yeah. eat. That's yeah. what all that he He's was hungry, expecting. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he was looking for the worst. I could be the beggar servant. I yeah. could be the worst of the exactly. servant. It's still better than, well, I mean, hit rock bottom. We didn't even talk about that. But can you imagine a Jewish man having to feed pigs? 
or yeah. any i mean that is like the worst of the worst right mm-hmm. i'm sure the pharisees and, and 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 everybody even the sinners and the tax collectors that are listening to this are going wow that's that's rock bottom that that boy is <laughs> that boy is hit rock bottom <laughs> And it's, and I mean, so we can all testify to this, but here's, this is, here's the bottom line. So many of us can relate to being the son. Okay. Many of us can relate to that, but there's the father. Yeah. And, and the father is looking at the son and he's in pain. Oh yeah. The, the father's hurt because the father is saying, I will provide everything for you. I will take care of you. I have a purpose for your life. I want to bless you. I want to use you. I want to, I want to, to use your life for my glory. I want to, I want your life to be a light, a reflection, to be a blessing to everyone around you. And the father is sitting there hurt. The father is, is in pain. He, he loves his son, but his son is, is choosing to run from him. His son is choosing to take all that he has, and he wants to run and waste it away. And the father is sitting there and just letting him do it. The father is just letting his son go. He's not trying to force anything on him. He wants this to be his free choice. He wants this to be his free will and he's letting him go, but he's inside. He's in pain. Any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says that um, in Isaiah 6, 3, 9 says that God suffers with us. Mm. So it's just this father, he was suffering all the time. Like um, God loves us, but he respect our free will, our decisions. But that doesn't um, mean that he's not waiting for us mm. to be back home. That's really good. Yeah. You know, that's incredible. It's just how God, how big God's love is. And it's, we cannot comprehend. It's something that we cannot comprehend. You know, so his son, you're right. So his son leaves and he, and he goes. But I mean, I, as a father, I, I always try to relate this to me as a yeah, father. Yeah. And if that happened with my kid. It's painful. It is. I, it's going to be hard. But I'm, I'm sitting, what am I thinking about when the fa- my kid is gone? I'm thinking about my kid, right? So I'm thinking the father's doing the same thing. And so if we are running away from the father, He's thinking about you every day, every day. day. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I learned from, we learned from Jesus that he was interceding in prayer. He was always interceding in prayer. And so I can see this as the the father is interceding. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus goes to the father, intercedes in prayer for us daily. And so this is something where Jesus at this moment is interceding for him. So the father is interceding for that and praying for the son. That's, that's exactly how I imagine. Your yeah. father doing just such a good father. And then the next one is the father's waiting patiently. So, I mean, imagine if your kid again, fault goes away. What are you thinking? You're like, okay, should I call them? Should I, I would probably, right. right? Should yeah. I, should I go yeah. find them? You know, come I, back. Yeah. Should I go see him at the place of work? Should I just show up? I mean, what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I don't have a grown kid, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd be, be turning over every rock looking for, for my, for my daughter. Yeah. I just, yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine, you know, what stood out and maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit, Pete, but you know, what stood out to me on this was the, the slow process of the, of the younger son as he finally hits rock bottom and turns to repent. But as soon as he turns to repent, the father runs to him. Yeah. So it's like that, that slow process of repent of repenting, Mm -hmm. but the compassion and the forgiveness is quick. quick. Like, man, he just can't wait. Yeah, it's like run and put his arms around him. And you go back to that book, that picture of the father's embrace Mm. around his son. Man, Mm. it's it's powerful. It It makes you wonder, why do we like to waddle in uh, pigsty? Why do we like to waddle in their sin? We sometimes stay in it for so long. We get so lost and we look back. We're like, how how did I get so far away? Well, we just went through the process. It Mm -hmm. started with lack of contentment. And and it's that simple. It's a slow fade. But eventually, all of a sudden, you find yourself in the pigsty. You find yourself fully engulfed in sin. You find yourself not hearing or nothing about the father. You're so far away. The father is sitting there waiting for you. The father is interceding and praying for you. He's never given up. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. But you're breaking his heart. And all he wants to do is love you. Yeah. All he wants to do is just give you everything. He wants to bless you. Just repent. 
Yep. It's what he's asking. So then, so then the story goes on. So he repents and you were talking about the father's, you know, the father's love in this and how he runs to him. So you read the story and he, you know, he gets to the son and he, he makes the, the son take a shower and clean up and, no. you know, get right and everything before he, no, in all of his filth in all of his stench and all of his sin, you know, he doesn't go to him and say, you smell like pigs or you smell like prostitutes. Why did you do that? He, Why, right, yeah. How did I told you? Not, no. no accusation. He doesn't do any yep. of that. All he does is wrap him in no love and then yell to it tells his servants, get my robe to get the best robe. You know, who's yep. got the best robe? The best. You know it's dad's robe, right? So get, get the robe, put the ring on this boy's finger. What does that do? It reinstates him back to the family. Yeah. He's, He's part of you the family. You have an identity. Put shoes on his feet. Slaves, slaves were barefoot. You know, he, he's my son. Put some sandals on that on my boy's feet. And then he's hungry, right? Not only does he feed him, he gives him the absolute very best he has. And the fatted calf could probably feed the whole town. You could probably feed 100 people. And, you know, so he's just bringing in the celebration and just, wow, what a picture of God's love in this story. And I, I always, I, you know, I've read a couple of books on this, Pete and, and Gabby, and, you know, I'll, I'm not the first one to think of this, but it's like, you know, why is it even called the prodigal son? This story is really more about the father's love than it is about, yeah. the, about the two sons. And I feel, you know, the second son gets left out. We haven't even talked about him yet. We, you know, we read over it, but um yeah, just just what an amazing story. And we've just been, just scratched the surface of the story. Yeah. yeah, we can definitely do another show on this. But let, you just talked about the elder son. The, the elder son rejected the grace given to his brother by the father. And the elder son had everything but never understood that he too could have had a fatted calf and yep. a party at any time. Yep. He instead was too busy working to be a good son. And remember, he was telling his father, didn't I always serve you? Didn't I always do everything that's right? And, and this is, again, talking to those Pharisees that are out there and the Pharisees mm -hmm. that were there. And he, he's looking at the Pharisees says, listen, you're all about religion. You're all about that. And that's your focus. But you're forgetting about the people that are lost. And you're not showing the grace and the mercy. You're not, you're not showing the love and the kindness. You do not have the gentle spirit mm -hmm. that I desire of you. You're not, your heart is not for me. And, um, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that think, oh, that's not me, but it might be you. I know that, you know, there's a lot of self-righteousness out there. There's a Definitely. lot of legalism out there. You know, you, there's a lot of people out there says, well, I read my Bible every week. I go to church three times a week and, and I know this, and there are the first people to point out a sin in your life. Mm -hmm. They're the first people to say, Hey, I see that sin. And they don't show grace and mercy. They don't show the love. They don't show the long suffering. They, they, they show a anger, they show a bitterness, they show a, a contentment. And that is not what the father is doing here. No. The father is showing love. He's showing grace and immersion. And he's looking at those Pharisees or those Pharisaical mindset. And he's saying, listen, get rid of all of that. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm about. Yeah, you, yeah, I want you in your word and to know me. And I want you praying. And I want you to go into church. I want you that. But that's the fellowship to love. But I want your hearts. Get rid of all of that. Surrender all of that. I mean, we, we started this by started talking about this parable about how what a masterful job that Jesus does telling this story. And uh, just listening to you talk, Pete, it, it just brought it all back. Go back to the beginning of chapter 15. How does the story start? You know, Luke is setting the stage, right? You got the tax collectors and the sinners there. And then he talks about the Pharisee, but he didn't say the Pharisees and the scribes are there. Well, he does. But what does he say about them? That they're mumbling, right? What are they mumbling? What are they murmuring? You know, Jesus can hear their thoughts. Yeah. What are they saying to themselves? I'll read it to you in verse two. It says, the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Now go back to your story they were judging. of the elder son. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, it's just brilliant. It's an absolutely brilliant <clears throat> story. He takes the audience that's sitting in front of him. Jesus does. And he puts them in the story. Amen. Exactly. It's so good. So yeah. powerful. Yeah. And if we, in, if we think about nowadays, sometimes in churches, when we have been in the house of the Lord for so long, we can lose the father's heart. Mm. Just what happened with the oldest son. Yeah. It's so easy to get distracted by our missions, our ministry that we forget what the heart of the ministry is all about is Jesus is forgiving. It's welcome the sinners, you know, imagine if the 
the youngest son it's coming back and he sees the oldest son first not the father maybe he will never come back maybe not change the whole story so it's our responsibility to welcome them because we were seen as well we we are actually Mm. right showing that grace and the mercy and so again we're out of time but you know, through this story, Jesus was using an earthly father to depict the readiness of a heavenly father to forgive those who come to him in humble repentance. No matter how far someone has strayed from God or how bad their past is, God is always showing his love and his forgiveness to everyone. And, and I know that we can all probably relate to each part of this story. There's some that can relate to you know, the father, some can relate to the elder son, and some can relate to the younger son. And depending on where we're at, but the ultimate goal for all of us is that we want to be as the father. Mm -hmm. Jesus says that his goal in our lives through sanctification and through the process of our circumstances in life, we are to be made in the image of Christ. And, And we want to be a witness and an example in this world that we want to bring the kingdom of God to wherever we're at. We want to love people to wherever that is. And that takes surrender. That takes sacrifice. That's right. That takes um, a, a heart that is broken and contrite, a heart that is okay with being content. It's okay with being still in God's presence. It's okay with not having the latest and the best. It's okay without doing the, the, the next best thing or whatever that is that, that you have a desire for. And so I just pray that, that whoever's listening to this, that that would, that would just resonate within your heart. And I know there's there some people here that are listening now that maybe don't know Jesus, or maybe you need to repent. Maybe you are a prodigal son. Maybe you are somebody that's listening, or a daughter that's listening, and, and you're, you're distant from God. Maybe you're looking at your life right now, and you're, you can't believe how far you got away. It's just a slow fade. All of a sudden, this desire led to that desire, and that desire led to another desire. And, and then all of a sudden, you start looking back, and you've seen the actions you've taken, and, and you realize that you're in a position that you never should be in. Well, if that's you, you can repent of that today. You can turn from that today. You can say, God, I've had enough. I want you. And just understand. And I just pray that as you close your eyes and as you just listen, if you're driving, don't do that. But if you're, if you just, (laughs) if you're just in that position, just, I pray that you can see the father running to you right now. I pray that you can understand that he wants to do nothing but bless you. He wants to put the signet ring on you. He wants to give you the sandals. He wants to give you the fatted calf. He wants to celebrate with you. He wants you to experience nothing but the best. And that is our father. His love is, is, is contagious. His love is, is forever. It's eternal. And he'll never, ever, ever, ever turn his back on you. Our father is so, so good. And so if that's you, I pray that you would repent. I pray that you would change. I pray that you would just, you just give him your heart and your life today. And if you've never heard him and for some reason you stumbled upon this and you, and you like, I want to be saved. I want to be in the father's house. I don't think I am. How do I do that? Well, you can do that by just confessing your sins before him. You can just close your eyes and you can just pray, God, forgive me for my stupidity. Forgive me for my sins. Lord, I want to, and I choose to follow your ways. Lord, teach me, help my unbelief, help me understand more of you today. And and I promise you, if your heart is broken and you are crying out to God, he he is hearing from you and he desires to have fellowship with you and he desires to, to walk with you. And, and, and then the next steps from that is to open up your Bible maybe and just read the book of John and read through that and just allow that to sink in. Um, find a, a Bible-believing church that's local, that's close by. Um, if you need help, call us. We would love to get you in contact with a local church, wherever you're at. I don't care wherever you're at in the world, we can find some. We have a, ne- a wide network that we can reach out to. And uh, and also go on to our Wyatt podcast website. We would love to hear from you there. There's you given your life to the Lord repentant. Go to the no God section on riotpodcast.co. Click on that. Go to the bottom. Click on I gave my life or I repented and and fill that out. And we would love to get in contact with you and fellowship with you. 
Um, but today, guys, the, that show is just it's just so powerful. We 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 just you guys listen, we ran through this. We could not get into half the stuff that we were going to talk about. Um, but I think we got to the core of it and the basis of it. Our father is good. Man. He is so good. Yeah. I well, first of all, I just Gabby, thank you. It's been a it's been oh, an honor having you, you on the show. And uh, I'll give you I'll give you the final word in a second. I wanted to share just a quick <laughs> quote. And uh, uh, this is out of the book that Pete was talking about earlier, The Prodigal Son, The Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nguyen. And uh, just real short, this is just him describing who the father is. He goes, here is the God I want to believe in. A father who from the beginning of creation has stretched out his arms in merciful blessing, never forcing himself on anyone, but always waiting, never letting his arms drop down in despair, but always hoping that his children will return so that, so that he can speak words of love to them and let his tired arms rest on their shoulders. His only desire to bless. Amen. Love that. Love that. Well, guys, uh, you bless us. We're so happy that you're here. We're so happy you're listening to us and watching us on YouTube. And Gabby, what a what a joy it was having your smiling face on, on the podcast today. And, <laughs> Thank you uh, so look much. Look forward to doing it again. Pete, any final words? Uh, I'm just blessed. I'm just so blessed. I mean, Gabby, I mean, I again, just so thankful that you were here today. And, and I mean, if there's any final words that you want to share with people. Yeah, I just, so. um, I just want to tell people that you're not alone and uh, repent. It's not a weakness. So you don't need to be ashamed. You mm. just come back because God is just waiting for you yeah. patiently mm. waiting for you. Just so don't, don't be ashamed. Don't, don't run away. Just come back. Mm. You have Amen. a safe place Amen. to stay. Amen. All right, guys. We'll have a great All week. Right. God bless. This has been the riot podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.